I don't know, both services, I was just, I love the new song, Jesus at the Center, but man, that last one. It's good, man. Can I just tell y'all, I hope that's why you came here today. That you can find freedom, that you can find rest, that you can find hope. We've come to worship. So I'm just going to invite y'all. If you're a guest, we're honored that you're here. And if you're a little bit weirded out, it's going to get weirder. So y'all just buckle up. It's going to be fun today. But whatever posture you want to be in, if you want to stay seated, that's really cool with me. If you want to stand up with me, if you want to kneel down, whatever that you feel like doing, but we're just going to pray. And I'm going to ask Jesus. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. Because this is the place that we find freedom and rescue. And that's what many of us need in this house today. And so whatever you guys want to do, move wherever you want to move. But let's pray together. God, what an honor it is to get to do what we're going to preach about today. And that's come before you under your authority and your power and ask you to move ask you to help people God there's people that are hurting so bad in this room today there's sicknesses and troubles at home and all kinds of things and God my prayer is that you will do such an amazing move of your hand this morning that we leave amazed I pray that we know that it's not by our strength or our power but by you Lord that all these things happen God, you're worthy of all honor and praise and then some. But we're just excited because I believe you're about to do something amazing. So Holy Spirit, I don't pray that you come because you've been here. I just pray that you keep on keeping on, keep moving. And God, I pray that something miraculous happens and walls keep falling down. We've come to worship. We love you, Jesus. Amen. I want y'all to do something for me. We have a lot of guests this morning. It's a little bit different, but I want you to get up to your feet right now everybody in the room and I want you to talk to a couple people that you have not seen right now I just want you to go by and see a couple people that you have not seen yet and if you are uncomfortable with that you stay put and one of our people will come see you one of our people one of our people will come see you what's up my dude I'm glad you're back what's up what's up what's up all right thank y'all very much for being social and awesome. I love it. Now make your way back to the seat. But listen to me. This is something I need y'all to know. Y'all hear the chatter in the room right now? Because I'm going to need y'all to talk to me like you just talked to each other. Can y'all do that? Praise the Lord. All right, that's good. Here we go. Today is something I'm really excited about. And I've been kind of chomping at the bit for a while considering the source. All right? Consider the sources about prayer. Why should we pray? That's today. Not how do we pray, that's the next four weeks. Why should we pray? What's the reason? I just want you to take a step back before I jump right in, and I want you to consider. How much have you considered the source this week? How much have you considered the fact that God, who is above all and through all, who is creator, who is amazing, who, who sustains everything, who is life and hope, how much have you considered him before and above and, and, and not thought of him at the last minute this week? Because that's what we're going to get into the why. So, by show of hands, and I need you to talk to me. How many of y'all remember Mr. Rand McNally? Who does not remember an atlas? Show your hands. 
some of y'all are lying because I know y'all ain't never used an atlas. Who has never, who has never used an atlas? <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you were under like 26, I don't know. I'm just guessing. But can I just tell y'all, when Lee and I first started dating slash being married, I found a good city earlier. It was awesome. Let's see if I can find it again. Anyway, busted open. We got New Jersey. The first time I got Philadelphia. And I said, in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Like, some relaxing, not cooling, all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's awesome. That's awesome. That doesn't have anything to do with this message, so y'all just stay with me, all right? But like, when you're driving down the road, and young people, just stay with me because praise the Lord that you never had to do this, okay? Because it's like a built-in fight with your spouse, amen? <laughs> so, like, I drive because that's, I just like to drive. It's nothing. <laughs> that's a good way to stay out of the doghouse if y'all know what I'm talking about, all right? I just like to drive. So, like, we'll get in. This, New York and Newark is a really good one because we've driven through there before. Oh, my goodness. Like if, it's not Reedville in the upstate of South Cac when you get to New York. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's terrible. And so you get down to this map, and there's little roads. You're like, no, it's left. You're looking at the map backwards. That's south, not north. And, like, you have to read, like, is it upside down or is it right side up? And you get so frustrated. Be honest. How many of y'all got lost looking at one of these dudes? Keep your hands up. How many of y'all did not stop for direction? Every man in here to put your hands down, you're lying, because none of us stopped for directions. Like, so we got Mr. Rand McNally, and then by the grace of the Lord Jesus, I don't know when it was, that was in 03, by the way, so I'm guessing it was after that. This dude named Tom that has two names, Tom and Tom, he came around, right? Tom Tom, right? And then Garmin, and then all the other ones, and they came, and then when you bought them, it was like $350, and you got to make sure you stick it to the wall, to the, y'all remember? You got to just pop. And then it's got the suction cup, and you stick it there, and you got to plug it into the cigarette lighter. And it pretty much was good. It was way better than this, except if you didn't pay the extra $59 to update your map. No! Oh! What? And then I think, I'm just, I'm just saying, if anybody works for Tom, Tom or Gorman, they're wonderful companies, and you're going bankrupt. But, like, like, like don't worry about it. It's good. It's good. But like, does anyone else think that they would pull roads off so that you had to buy the $59 update? Is it just me? Because I was always like, that road's not here. It was here last year, and I didn't pay for the update, and I'd get so mad. And then the Shekinah glory from heaven shone down on us, and Google, who was taking over the whole world anyway, decided to make maps and to take over every road in the whole world including dirt roads where deliverance was filmed and everything else, they've got it on camera. And it's amazing. Like, if you have a smartphone and you don't use Google Maps, listen to me. If you walk away nothing else, you're welcome for this. Use your Google Maps, okay? Because it works. It will tell you when the traffic's bad. It will show up red. It will tell you the way to go. It will give you 27 options. And it pretty much gets it right. I'm amazed with Google. I trust Google. Now, when the Apple Maps first came out, I was in Atlanta, and I was like, this is awesome. I'm not going to use my Garmin. I'm going to check out Apple. Lost? <laughs> I was like, this is West Road something, and there's not even one here, you know? Like, 
And it just reminds me of us, guys. I'm just being honest with you. When it comes to our relationship with God and how much we pray, Psalm 119 says that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's my map. It's the way that I have access to know where I'm going and what to do with my life. And the way that I empower that through reading the Bible is prayer. That's the way that I speak to God. Pastor Mark, I don't know how to speak to God. We're going to talk about that. But it's as simple as this. If I'm going to just break it down for you, it's as simple as this. God, I don't know what to do. Help me. And it is amazing. You don't have to have eloquent words and sound like this amazing scholar to pray. You just have to say, God, I don't know what to do. And on the front end and the back end and everything I consider God. But some of us need to do the very first thing, and that's it's time to update our maps. Because here's the truth. We still have our mamas, Rand McNally. Do y'all know that roads have changed around here recently? Huh? No. Does anyone know that there's some different roads in the upstate than there was 25 years ago? This is only a 12-year-old map, but I'm telling you, if I use this map rather than the map that updates every single day, it is foolish. No one that knows what they're doing and has a smartphone. This is not against anybody in here because I know there's a few that you don't. That's okay. Get a smartphone and use the map. But like, it's cool. It's cool. We're good. But like for everyone that does and you have access to it and you don't use it and you get lost, I just want to say, ah, you know what I mean? Like someone will call you for direction sometime and it's like, is this a real conversation? Let me teach you what to do. Google it, right? Put it in your phone and look it up. What? I'm, I'm joking, but doesn't that feel kind of like how it is here? Pastor, I don't know what to do. You got something better than Google. His name's God. And he's an untapped resource that we never even consider. And I just feel like throwing my hands up sometimes. And let me tell you who I'm talking about. None of y'all. I'm educated. I know what to do. And yet the last thing I do should be the first thing that I do. The very starting point, the baseline, the foundation of what everything should be in our life is the title of this sermon series. If you walk away with nothing else, walk away with this. The very beginning point that we should do, the starting point is to consider the source. The source of what, Pastor? Of everything. He's all, everything, all, he's, he is everything. And here's what I really think happens, and I'm going to teach it to you in Ephesians chapter 3 in just a minute, but stay here. Listen. He is the source of all things. And it feels like, y'all remember the movies where people enter a desert and they start seeing the mirage off in the distance of water and they're like, I think it's there and they're passing out because they're so thirsty. That's what life feels like to me so often because I think, oh, there's the source. God's the source. God's the source. He's always there. It doesn't have to be when I'm falling down because I'm so dehydrated, because I'm so hungry, because I'm so tired, because I'm so alone and I don't know where to turn. He's always there. And yet we do not consider God until desperate times call for desperate measures. God is not for you for desperation. He's certainly there during those times. But what about the times that are amazing? What about the times that are just status quo? What about everything else? Because Jesus said, I am the living water, and whoever drinks of me will never thirst again. He is the resource, the cistern, that never runs dry and fills me constantly in my life. And yet, what I find myself doing is when I'm so thirsty that my knees are about to buckle, I'll go to him and say, God, I need something. That's not it. You won't make it in this life. If the only time 
you consider the source is when the source is too late to consider. When it's so far down the road that I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need to throw my hands up and find something. No. No, every single day. Let's go deeper. Every single second of every single day, God should be the center above and below and in front and behind, and he's the center. That's why that song is so stinking awesome. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my church. Jesus is at the center of all. Listen, whether we put him there or not, Jesus is at the center of it all. Here's the deal. And what authority and what wisdom and what thing am I walking in? And I just think Paul does a beautiful job in Ephesians chapter 3. This is Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus, which is modern-day Turkey. And he's talking to people that are like a bunch of us, new Christians, that are kind of figuring this thing out. And he's going through turmoil. And I just want y'all to picture this, okay? You don't have to close your eyes, but I just want you to picture what this was like. Paul is writing this letter, and that's what, that's what this is. It's a, it's a letter written to, to this church. And he's chained to a, a Roman guard. He is in prison, but he's not only in prison, he's chained up. And he's tied. I want you to think about the words that he writes, inspired by the Lord. As you're thinking about the personal situation that you're in, you've gone through areas ahead of you. Chained to a guard, knowing he will die. He was going to be beheaded, and he eventually was. And this is what he says. It's amazing. Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 11. He says, all of these things that I've just talked about, like the calling that's on your life, and this is big because I'm going to get there in a second. But the calling that's on your life, the thing that's bigger, the thing that, that you don't know where to go and where to turn and whatever. This, is, this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ. All of you, listen, every person in this room that is a follower of Jesus Christ, and stay with me if you're not because I'm going to get there in a second. But every person that would say, yes, that is me. That is my, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. You are all called to something much bigger than what you believe in yourself. Pastor, I'm not... That's you. No. If God has taught me anything over the last several months, it's this. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about the individual person and their talents. It's about the God that serves and loves and has gone before us that is in us, that has called each and every one of his children, each and every one of you that call yourself a follower of Jesus, all of you are called to something much greater. And if we do something that changes the landscape of this world, through this house, and I believe we're going to, it's not our talent. It's not. That's like really good freedom. Y'all could leave right now and go, that's awesome. But if you leave, I'm going to be mad at you, so stay where you're sitting. Come on. He says he's realized this in Christ our Lord. This is good. I need someone to shout with me or say something right here because this is why I'm excited this morning. In whom I have boldness and access God of the whole universe who's creator and sustainer and, and gave me Jesus to die and take my place because I was a child of disobedience and I deserved hell. He gives me access with boldness at all times Amen. to go before him with confidence. I don't have to go to, oh God, please don't kill me. Please don't be mad at me. I just go before him. Pastor, man, if you knew what I did this week, I slept with somebody outside of marriage. There's no way God will hear from me. The Bible is amazing because if we confess our sin and we mean it, it's just not like, God, get off my back. I'm going to do this again. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. 
He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us, which literally translates forgets our past sin and doesn't hold it against us. Amazing. And with confidence, I can go before him and say, you are not the enemy and you are not holding this stuff against me like my mind is. And with confidence, I can go before him through our faith in Christ. I get to go before him. Can I just teach you one thing before we move to 13? In the Old Testament, before Jesus came, the Spirit of God lived inside of the temple, but it was even tighter inside of the temple, even deeper. It was called the most holy place or the holy of holies. That's what I call my office. So if y'all ever come in there, it's the holy of holies. But God, because God's Spirit lives in all of you now. So the most holy place is in my office now. JK. But if y'all don't know what that means, that means just kidding. And y'all can laugh now. Like four of you. That was awesome. All right. But, but when the high priest would go in the most holy place once a year, and they would tie a rope to his ankle, and they put bells on it, And if he was not clean before God, this is really good news. Thank God I was not a high priest. So think about it. He's cleaning. He's like nervous as crud. And if if any of y'all are old and saw Indiana Jones back in the day when the Ark of the Covenant came out and they opened it, everybody just like evaporates and melts. I don't know if it was like that. Sounds a little scary, but it probably was something like that. Because the high priest would just fall over. They're like, oh, there goes another one. We can't hear the bells anymore. Pull him out. And he was dead. That's not awesome, right? I mean, that sounds terrible. I don't think high priest dude, whoever, whichever one he was, was going boldly. Do y'all? I don't think he was bold. I have boldness and confidence because he's given me constant access through the person of Jesus Christ. That's really good news if y'all don't hear anything else. That's really good. That every single day you get to, with boldness, go before him and have access to him. But listen, it gets better because this is verse 13. So I ask you, don't lose heart. I know that you know that I'm chained up. I know that you know all the Hades that I've been through and back. I know you know all these things, but don't lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Don't lose heart over what you've been suffering, no matter what it is. And guys, I'm just being honest. I know for some of you it's really bad. I know for some of you you've been all the way to hell and back. And it's awful, and you hate it, and you don't know where to turn. And you feel like throwing your hands up and giving up. Do not lose heart. Why? Because because God who loves you knows all of these things. And for his glory and his sake, he's gone before you and he's got your back. It's not your burden to carry alone. Stop carrying it. Let's update some maps. Let's figure out where to go and let's start updating some maps. Let's stop trying to carry the burden on our own. Let's update some maps. Let's share the load with some of our brothers and sisters. Let's update some maps. But if we keep trying to carry it on our own, we lose our minds. Maybe I'm the only one this week that struggled with my mind. Is that right? Am I the only one? Why? Because I didn't update my map. I've got the source of everything. Not in a book. And he is God's living word that is active, is in the Bible. And on my phone. And on my iPad. And on my computer. And it is amazing, the technology. But he's in my heart. He lives right here. And I have access to him at all times. And I forget about him, really. Because I know some stuff. Awesome. That really does me a lot of good when my mind's playing tricks on me and I think I'm good. Nope, that's not good enough anymore. We got to put down the Rand McNally. We got to pick up the map that has been updated every second of every day and we got to say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm giving you me. And I'm not going to be in charge. Because every time I get in charge, it seems like I get lost. And I can't find my way around the city. 
And I'm getting really frustrated, and I'm done with that. So don't lose heart, friends. Don't lose heart. He's got your back, and here's why. This is good. <laughs> if y'all don't get anything else, I like this one a lot. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. I bow my knees before the Father. And a lot of people read this, verse 14, and they're like, that means I should bow. At least bow my head, and I guess sometimes bow my knees before God, right? Like, that's, that's what I should do. But there's great examples of like Abraham back in Genesis where he did not bow. He walked and prayed. And there's examples all throughout with Moses and with other people. Jesus actually laid down in the garden when he prayed on his face. Listen, it's not about how you pray with your mouth. All these big fancy words. It's not about the position of your literal body. The shell that Mark Pangle has that's standing before you. It's not about that. It is about the position of your heart. If you go before God and you're like, God, this is what you're going to do for me today. You're not bowed before God. You're not bowed before God. Listen, that's what we do. We rub the genie lamp. God, come on out. Let's do this thing today. You're welcome. You get to come to the party. Because Coolio showed up at the party, so you get to too, right? Let's go. Like, it's awesome. You're welcome. And then the only thing that we do is we talk to them when we need something. We talk to them when we need something. We grab at straws. We grab at things. You've got access to the throne room of the glory of God at all times in your life. And for that reason, he bowed before the Father. This is good. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And this is what I need to ask you. Is that you? Say, so, yeah, of course. He says, every family. So that includes me, right? I'm a human. No, in this case, it does not necessarily include some people in this house today. But I got really good news. I think it's going to at the end of this message. This is the family of God. This is the people that have put the Lord Jesus at the head of their house, at the head of their life, and said, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of all. I want you to be the boss of my life. I want you to be in charge. John 1.12 says, for those who believe... For those who've trusted in him, he's given the right to be called children of God. This is what this means. It's amazing. You guys are my brothers and sisters. Huh? That's awesome. Unless you don't want to be related to me and then you're out of luck, right? But that's awesome. We are sons and daughters of Jesus. When God, the Father, looks down on me, he sees Jesus. He sees his son. And every person that's gone before us, and every person that will go after us, that have trusted Christ were in his family and his royal priesthood. It's unbelievable. But this is what one chapter earlier in verse 20. Paul said that you are all children of disobedience and I am a child of disobedience. My nature, what I naturally am when I wake up in the morning, who I was before Jesus was a, children of, a child of wrath or disobedience that had no business with God because I could not have business with God. God cannot look at sin. And as a result, listen, don't miss this. I was not a child of God's. I was not a child of God's. I did not know him. I was not part of him. And this is huge to consider the source. You have to fall under the correct authority, God's authority, but to be able to consider the source every day of our lives and not just when we're thirsty or when we run out of gas, you have to fall under God's authority. It's not enough to fall under God's authority on Sunday. This is one hour. And I love this hour. 
I love to worship. I love to preach more than anything in the whole world, but that's not enough for you. I cannot fill your tank. What fills your tank is not this message. I hope it encourages you. But what fills your tank is when you consider the source and fall under his authority every single day. When you're locked up to a Roman guard, let's hope that never happens because that'd be really awkward. But when, you, when something like that happens, you consider the source. How did he not lose hope? He considered the source. He didn't consider his circumstances. He didn't consider all the things that were going on. He considered the source. Is that good for anybody in here? That's what has to happen. Can I just tell you about my week? I'm not going to give you details. I didn't consider the source. I mean, like, almost wrecked the bus, didn't consider the source. And I had a good week. (laughs) That's what frustrates me. And what I find myself doing so often is let's find my talent. Let's, let's try to lean on that. And let's just keep going and maybe things will go well. Past circumstances won't repeat themselves. I can do it better this time. And I get really frustrated with me. I'm just going to be honest with you. I start beating me up. Y'all never have to hear that, and that's awesome. But my mind plays tricks on me. My goodness. And I start making up stuff in my head. Does anyone else do that? And believe in things that have never even thought about being true. And feeling sorry for myself. Having myself a really good pity party. I even buy candles for my pity party sometimes. Are y'all with me? Can I tell you how I end up there? It's not because I don't have the right pills. It's not because I don't have the right thing to drink. It's not because that I don't have the, the right entertainment, the right car, the right house. It's because I don't consider the source. Is anybody with me this morning? It's because I don't consider the source. And at the point that I just go, you know what? I'm getting really tired of getting lost. I'm getting really tired of getting lost every time I walk out the door that I'm trying to do this thing on my own and somehow inside of me I put a Rand McNally and I think I'm really smart. I've got something way better than Google. I've got the source of life and the source of hope and the source of all things. I'm going to put down that 2003 Rand and I'm going to pick up God and I'm going to consider the source and I'm going to believe that he's going to take me where he wants to take me and lead me where he wants to lead me because I'm falling under his authority. It's not about me. Can I just tell you the reason that we change the world? Not about us. It's about the authority that we fall under. It's amazing. It's amazing. I feel like sometimes, does anyone else want to do this? You just want to have that talk with yourself from yesterday and kind of give yourself a little swift kick. And be like, bro, you know what I mean? And some of y'all shouldn't say bro because you should say girl. (laughs) Like, I don't know what. I'm not going to be disrespectful, but bro, like what's wrong with you? Wake up! Consider the source. Stop believing that you got this. You've never had this. This has never been about you. You've never been the one that had to build this church, bro. I'm going to do this. Fall under me and I'll do some amazing things through you. You do it on your own and you're going to crash and burn. You're going to want to give up and throw your hands up. What's wrong? I can preach it to you, but what happens when I believe it in me? That won't ever take place by me getting Pentecostal and yelling out loud, it happens when I consider the source and fall under God's authority. And for every one of us, I'm telling you, God wants to do something so much bigger than us. But it doesn't begin until we begin with him. That's it. 15, I think. 16, see, I told you. That according to the riches. This is awesome. How does it happen? According to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with his power through his spirit in your inner being. 
with His power, through His Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the Spirit of God that lives inside of you. That was last week, Romans 8, 11. That's the same power that we're talking about. It's not by my strength. It's not by my amazing talents and words, nor is it any of yours. And some of you are amazingly talented, beautiful, wonderful people. God is much bigger and better and more talented than we can ask or imagine. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's the source. When we take a step back and stop looking at people and thinking, man, if I could just do it like her, whoo. God didn't call you for that. He called you to something amazing. Step into it. Be what God called you to be. And listen, friends that are children of wrath and disobedience today that are not under his authority because you've never trusted him. Stop living that life where it's hopeless and lift your hands up today and find freedom, find hope, find rest in Jesus. It's amazing. You're in one of two places. You're either a child of God and you're searching or you've never known him before, most likely. It's, it's when we're strengthened with his power through his spirit in our inner being, that's when it changes everything. So that Christ may, what's this word? He lives in your heart. The source of everything, really, lives in my heart through faith. Through placing all my trust in him and believing that it's not about me. He's my authority. He's above all and through all and in all. And he is in me. That being, what's this word here? That's a big one, guys. And grounded in love. That it's what I'm rooted and grounded in that ultimately tells the tale. Because listen to me. Y'all can look up here right now and be like, man, Pastor Mars, got it. I can walk out there and not got it. Y'all with me? And it all is based on what I'm rooted, what I'm grounded in. What ultimately is the answer when I'm walking through life? What ultimately is what tells on me is what I'm grounded in? What's deep? Not what pops up, not the small fruit, but the inside that's got barbs and deep and turns. And if I'm not grounded and rooted in His love, under His authority, under His Lordship, listen, that every time I wake up, that every time I take a step, that every time I do my hobby, it doesn't matter if it's something bad. Like, Pastor Mark, is it bad to play ball? Of course not. It's bad to play ball without Jesus. Is it bad to fill in the blank? I, it will, like, why is this so hard? Because you're doing it alone. Listen, you can surround yourself with thousands of people and be the loneliest person on the planet because you're doing it alone. You have a friend that will stick closer than a brother or closer than a sister. Answer this question. When you're going through life, do you pray or panic? When good things happen, do you pray or panic? Because to me, I panic sometimes when the good comes as much as the bad. How am I going to top that? You know what I mean? How can I do better than that? I don't know where to go from here. I got an idea. Why don't we update the map? You know what I mean? That'd be awesome. Why don't we look to the source? If the beginning point and the end point of every single day is not with our hearts bowed, I don't care if you're driving down the road, I would suggest you keep your eyes open. If you're driving and praying, you're welcome. You won't wreck, hopefully. <laughs> Still might, but but when our hearts are bowed before Him and we say, God, I'm, I'm yours, man. All yours. Take me take me wherever you want to go let's do this thing together because this dang sure not going to work well with my unupdated map 
And then this is so awesome how Paul ends it. We may have strength to comprehend. You're like, Pastor Mark, I'm not that smart in the Bible. I don't know what to do. That you'll have strength to comprehend with all the people that have gone before you. All the people that you look at and say, man, they know this, this Bible so well. Pastor Mark, you know the Bible. You'll have strength to understand the breadth, length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ. Can I just tell you that if you could get one thing in this world and really have an understanding of it, you would blow my mind and it's the love of God because it's so much bigger than we can imagine. But this is what, this is what Paul said. Some of y'all are babies. Some of y'all just started. This is some really good news. God will show you. He's better than any teacher you'll ever have because he taught those teachers. He put inside of them the DNA in those teachers. He put inside the DNA of every one of you and he knows the hairs on your head. He will give you the incredible big understanding of Christ that surpasses knowledge and all understanding in this world that you may be be filled with, will y'all say this with me? The fullness of God. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. Listen, some of y'all need to leave here with this. Some of y'all need to leave here with this completeness or peace, fullness. Is God filling us? God filling me with full of Him? It's not, it's not about the degree that you have, the job that you have, or anything else. It, completeness is God filling me full of His wisdom, full of His goodness, full of His essence in here. You will never have a culture that you wish you had until God is what fills you until God is what completes you. You will never kick the thing that you wish you could kick. You'll never get over the thing that you could get over. The person that hurts you the most until the completeness of God is what completes you. That doesn't happen until I'm under His authority. Until I say, you're the Lord. You're everything to me. And I trust you. I give you my life. Help me today. I want to consider the source. I want to consider the source. And here's how Paul ends the letter in this chapter. He says, to him, this is real good. To everybody struggling, everybody that feels like giving up, you need to read Romans, I'm sorry, Ephesians 3.20 every day. Write this down on a wall. Write this down somewhere. Put it on your arm in ink, whatever you want to do that helps you remember it. To him who is able to do far more then you can even think about in your mind. Your mind's not even able to comprehend it more than we can abundantly, abundantly, way more than all that we can ask or think. Wherever your mind goes that you think you might could do, if God just put all the pieces together and you started learning how to do the Arubis cube thing and you got really smart and everything started working well, it's way better than that. He's way bigger, way more powerful, way more loving, way more awesome way more than we can even put our minds to. He will do according to the power that is work at work inside us. And then verse 21 says, to Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Listen to me right now. Some of you need to stand right now. Some of you need to stand to your feet right now and say, Pastor Mark, right this second. Right this second. I would like to consider the source, but not for one second but to consider the source, the God of the universe above my life. And I want to trust him as Savior. I want to be raised to life. 
I want to be alive. I want to have freedom. That's why I came here today. Freedom is not found in saying a chant, saying a certain prayer, or doing a certain thing. It's simply trusting Him and letting Him be Lord of your life. And right now, what I want you to do, I'm going to ask every person to bow their head with me and say a simple prayer. And I want every person in the room to pray it out loud. Right now, I want you to pray this out loud with me. I know some of you are Christians, but pray it out loud with me right now, if you will, Lord Jesus. I'm a sinner. Say it loud with me. I'm a sinner. And I need you to be my Savior and Lord. And I'm asking you right now to come in my life and save me. I want to find my place of freedom. Lord, it's about nothing I'm doing, but everything you're doing in me. I'm considering the source and giving you my life. In Jesus' name, with your heads bowed and eyes closed right now, if that's you and you believe for the first time you said that and you meant it, would Jesus stand to your feet? I'm not going to count. I'm not going to ask you to do anything, but I believe strongly the Lord has spoken to me that there are many people in this room that that's you right now. And I just want you to be bold enough to be the first one right now to stand to your feet and say, that was me right now. I'm believing that Jesus is the source of my strength and I want to have hope and I want to have life. Stand up to your feet right this minute, friend, whoever you are, and say, that is me. That is me. I'm considering the source. I want to have hope and I want to have life. How about for every person in this room that calls themselves a Christian because apparently all of us, that's awesome, all of us are Christians. How many people in here would stand up with me right now and say, dude, I'm a Christian, but man, it would really help if I would consider the source. And I'm going to commit. I'm just asking for seven days. I'm going to commit for the next seven days to make this a point where I give God the first and the last of every part of me where he is above all and through all and in all. I want to give God this entire week and make him the source of my strength. If that's you, just stand to your feet. If that's you and you know that's what you need to do. God, you see us and you know where we are and what we need to do. And God, I just thank you for being the source and loving us and not giving up on us. God, I really believe that you want to change the world through this church. And God, if the people that are standing will truly consider you the source, there is literally nothing, nothing that we can even imagine that's big that almost embarrasses us to even say out loud, God, you're way bigger and way more awesome than that. Thank you, Jesus, for being so much more. And God, we boldly go before you and access you and say we are grateful that you give us the right to be your sons and daughters and talk to you every day and you hear from us and we hear from you and you grow us and strengthen us. Help us, God, not panic but pray. And we give you ourselves and we love you, Jesus. Amen.